Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate wickedly smart women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Jeline Schneider. Jeline walked away from allopathic medicine in 1975 at the age of 29 to heal herself of malignant cervical cancer. She opted for traditional Chinese medicine, macrobiotics, meditation, and a hike through the jungles of Venezuela and then a schlep through Peru for six months. Two years later, she gave birth to her son, and she now has two grandgirls, and she is here today to serve and support those wickedly smart women who are ready to stand up and take charge of their health. Welcome to the show, Jeline. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled. Well, you know, it's a very interesting time that we live in, Jeline, and there has been so much divisiveness and so much confusion and so much shaming and all kinds of other things around medical care in general. And so you are a living example of someone who took your health into your own hands. I'd love to have you share a little bit about what happened when you were 29 in 1975 that got you to be here with us today. Well, about two years before that period, I had been traveling throughout Nepal and India and that was a major schlep. Came back to the United States, moved into an ashram for a little while. And then on my way out of the ashram, I just happened to go for an exam. And this was in Miami. And the doctor did a regular female exam, pap test, whatever, called me the next day or a couple of days later, you have to do it again because we see something suspicious. I said, okay, did it again. And then when those results came in, I was called into his office. And I was a little, you know, unnerved. And he looked at me, he said, you have very severe malignant cervical cancer. And you have to be in the hospital next week. This is very serious. And we're probably going to have to do a hysterectomy. Now, no one is taking away my hysteria. Because <laughs> I'm a wickedly wild woman and I need, wild and smart, I need my hysteria. Mm. So some part of me, I had just started taking a class in Chinese medicine like a week or two before. 
And I just was empowered by the fact that cancer is considered just an imbalance. So I already had like a shield of protection telling me it's okay. You're going to be okay. And I just said to the doctor, he was a big guy, maybe 6'4", Cuban, Miami. And I looked at him and I just said, I'm not doing any surgery, no chemotherapy, no radiation. I'm going to take care of this myself. Oh my God. I didn't even know I was going to say this, I, but I remember I was dressed in a beautiful Hungarian embroidered blouse, a little hippie chick, okay, long hair, the whole bit. And what came out of me was coming from chutzpah, mm. okay, balls, mm. Jewish balls. And that chutzpah, putz, chutzpah, <laughs> came from such a deep place, an ancestral DNA womb that I wasn't going to let anyone fuck with my womb. Mm, beautiful. Well, you know, I hear two very powerful things there. One is, you know, in 1975, right? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was definitely still very much culturally, societally, where there was an enormous amount of repression of women. Mm -hmm. I mean, certainly better than it was in the 50s or the 40s or the 30s or for 5,000 years before that, you know, as a result of the sexual revolution and the women's movement in the, in the late 60s and early 70s. But what's fascinating to me is that you had this capacity, chutzpah, hysteria, whatever you want to call it, to stand up and claim your own sovereignty in that situation. So I'm curious, Jeline, as you moved out of that, like there's so many different directions that we could go here. As you moved out of that experience where you were willing to hold up your shield, right? And say, no, no one's going to fuck with me. No one is taking my hysteria. No one is touching my womb. I will heal myself. As you moved through that, what happened next? He stood up, went to the door of his office. I was still sitting and he slammed the door and the whole building shook. <laughs> I had my dignity. Mm. I had my sovereignty. Mm. And of course, I didn't see him after that. I, I basically walked out and the whole office was looking at me, giving me funny looks, <laughs> the nurses and whoever. And I paid and I left. And the daring to speak your own truth and stand for yourself. Woo! Woo, that got a, quite a hell of a response there. So let's talk about what were some of the steps that you had to take beyond that taking that stand that actually allowed you to heal yourself and to eventually give birth through this supposedly ready-to-be-removed womb? <laughs> 
<laughs> well, that night, I was scheduled to perform. I'm a guitar player, singer, songwriter. I had already committed to schedule a an opportunity on a radio station in Miami. And so I went home and I got dressed and, you know, just did a few vocal exercises because, I mean, no matter what, the show must go on. <laughs> I grew up in New York, a lot of Broadway. Anyway, I went and I knew that I had to pray like hell. Number one, I'm vain about my voice and I wanted to sound good. So I knew if I had any fear at all, I wasn't going to be able to breathe. So my friend who, Bob, my guitarist, back who backs my music, and we were playing together, and he said, are you okay? And I said, well, I just found out that I have cancer. <laughs> and he said, are you okay? And I said, yeah, I'll be okay. I'll be okay. So I sat in the green room for a little bit. I said, I'm just going to go inside. And I did. And I performed better sang better, played better, felt better than I ever sang and played and felt before. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So well, I was first to know that the show must go on mm. and that I'm going to be fine mm. no matter what anyone else thinks. Well, and yeah, what the first piece that I'm hearing there is you took in the breath. You re-inspired yourself to live, not to die, right? And as a result of that, of, of saying yes to life, what I'm hearing there is that you said yes to living, like no to dying, yes to living. Pretty simple shit, right? <laughs> and it is. And that's what my book is about too, you know, yeah. boiling it down to the basics. And mm. you're boiling it down for me beautifully. Mm -hmm. Whoa. Thank you. Yeah. And so let's fast forward a little bit because, you know, step one that I'm hearing here that was the beginning of your recovery was speaking your own truth and making a stand for yourself. Step two in your own recovery was re-inspiring yourself to keep the show going, right? The show in this case being your life, yeah. right? And so step three, it sounds like you went on an exploratory journey where you began to access other ways of navigating this kind of a diagnosis. So can you talk a little bit about that? Well, yeah. Um, for the first, I had to quit a job that was very stressful. I was working with the mentally ill, people on Thoracene, people smoking around me. It was very difficult. Done. Finished. My priorities got very narrow. And uh, then I knew that I had about a month left on my lease, on my little apartment. And I contacted through the person who was teaching the class in Chinese theory of medicine, I contacted Michio Kushi of the Macrobiotic Foundation Institute, actually. And he said, go on a brown rice, you know, fast, number seven diet. And I had also read a book called Cancer by George Ashawa, who Michio Kushi had studied with. 
So I got my brown rice. I had a little studio. I was sitting on a little pillow every day, three, four times a day, having a little bowl of rice, meditating, breathing, praying, and hoping for the best. And after a month, and and then I went for acupuncture, mm-hmm. and there was this little Chinese man with a long gray beard. I walked into his office, which was a little disheveled, and I just looked at him, and he looked at me, and he said, no problem, I fix. <laughs> I said, great, I'm in the right place, he's going to fix. Later, I found out he didn't speak that much English. But anyway, (laughs) a month later, eight sessions later, between the macrobiotic diet of number seven, brown rice only for 10 days, Mm. and then add a few vegetables and things like that. Then I go back to another doctor. I certainly wasn't going to go back to the guy who I ditched. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> you know, how much money his family had paid for that education. And in that two-minute little raid, tirade that I basically shared with him that, you know. So I went to another doctor. It was my mother's doctor. And another pap test insisted on it. He wasn't going to even give it to me. But it was better. Yeah. I had gone from a five to a three. Number one in those days was normal. Yeah. So it's halfway. Right. <sighs> right. Well, and so what I'm hearing here is that, you know, you made some decisions, you started to work with some alternatives, and you began to get some results. So what I want to do right now is going to take a short break because it comes up so fast on us. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about you and your your cancer journey, but we're also going to talk about your book and how you help people now. But right now we're going to take a short break. So wickedly smart women, we could use your help. If you're enjoying the show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. We'd also like to ask you to share this show with your friends who you think might benefit from our content. We are celebrating our fourth award. We just won the Davy Award. So here in 2021, we've won three awards, the Communicator Award, the W3 Award, and the Davy Award. That adds to our award from last year uh, from the Podcast Awards, the People's Choice Podcast Awards. So I want to thank our listeners uh, all over the world who are downloading, rating, and reviewing. And I especially want to thank our amazing guests who are obviously essential to making our show a success. We are welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. Want to shout out this week to our listeners in the Philippines, Mozambique, and Croatia. And we will be right back with Jilline Schneider. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, 
become clear on the value of their wisdom and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your wealthy life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Jilline Schneider. You can find out more about Jilline and her book at jillineschneider.com. We will have that link for you in the show notes. The title of her book is uh, Cancer as Perceived by the Patient. And so when you go to her website, you can find out how to access that book. She is also uh, going to have it in audio format for those of you who prefer to listen to your books rather than read them. So, Jeline, let's fast forward a little bit. And, you know, obviously you've healed yourself. You had a child. You now have grandchildren. You're, you know, I mean, 1975, what year are we in now is 2021. You have made it a long way, baby, (laughs) from that original diagnosis. What I'd love to hear now is what are you doing with this book how is this book part of what you're offering to the world? How are you supporting and helping other people at this juncture in your journey? I'd like to hear a little bit more about that. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. Uh, For the past 25, 30 years, I've been offering retreats. When I lived in Florida, I did healing retreats, even by the ocean. People would stay in a little place by the ocean, and I would come every day. I would be with them five or six hours a day. I'm a massage therapist. I'm a breath worker, all kinds of juices that I make, and a special broth, and herbs, and teas. And I would really do the deed to help them relax, no matter what was going on. Everybody has the potential of getting sick, so I give them the potential of going in the other direction, of respecting themselves and their own bodies, and finding a way to take better and better care of themselves through just natural sunshine and and the the ocean and the water. And here in in North Carolina, I'm, I'm doing the mountains and, you know, just doing everything I can for myself first so that my cup is full, Mm. and then whatever flows over goes to my clients. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about that. That's It's funny that you use that analogy, because I've been using that analogy a lot in my own speaking just this year, that analogy came to me. And, you know, I think that it's an important thing for us to actually emphasize for the listeners And this applies both to our health as well as our wealth that we've got to be giving from the overflow. And, you know, culturally, especially women have been conditioned to give in a way that is is more like a martyrdom, like give everything of yourself, because if you don't, there's something wrong with you or you're shameful or you're selfish. And 
even though we have the idea of put the oxygen mask on yourself first before you help others, the cultural conditioning is still incredibly strong that you've got to volunteer and sacrifice and go above and beyond and die on that hill for everyone else and not take care of yourself. So can you speak a little bit about specifically some of the things that you do to help your clients to dismantle because it's more it's it's more of a mental emotional thing i think than than even at the physical level right absolutely and and depends on their training i actually was trained by a very selfish mother <laughs> so she really you know she was selfish man she was mean but i was also raised by an incredible African-American, part Cherokee, part German-Jewish housekeeper. And I write about her in my book mm. because she really saved my ass. <laughs> and I got a cute ass. I want it saved. <laughs> what I try to do with my clients is this love them up and show them the power of love from within themselves mm. and that they deserve it and that they, they're worth it. And that comes also from my very early career as a school teacher, kindergarten, loving up these creatures. So it comes very natural to me. I have lots of jokes and tricks in my, you know, back pocket. I'm ready to go at any moment in time to make people feel good. Hmm. It's the basis. Well, is there a particular story besides your own? I mean, obviously, your own story is an epic story of recovery and on its own is more than good enough. <laughs> but I would love if there's a particular client that you have supported that comes to mind that you could share with our listeners, like where that client was when they came to you and where they were when they were finished with the retreat work with well, you. Interesting that you asked, because I'm just writing about one particular client that came to me. And the first day that we were, that I was setting up the kitchen in her little studio or one bedroom apartment by the ocean. And she took a phone call from her mother while I was in the kitchen setting things up. And I could see there was this angst between her and her mother. And she hung up with her mother and she said, oh, God, thank God. You know, it's really hard for me to talk to my mother. And I could see she was really angry at her mother. And so that was the first thing we started with. Because how could someone heal? And she had cervical cancer. And a lot of people found me online in the early days when it was easy to, you know, get your website right way up to the top. <laughs> Okay, just put in alternative cervical cancer. And I was a website designer and technician, and I was able to do that. I just said, you know, what's going on with you and your mother? I said, because that is the most important thing we will accomplish during this time that you're here with me. And she got it. And I left, and I said, you need to call your mom and have a conversation and be yourself and see what happens. And tell her the truth of what you feel. And that woman left after a few days, and she not only healed her cervical cancer, she went on to become, she was already a yoga teacher, and she went on to become a holistic healing professional practitioner. Hmm. Beautiful. Well, I, it's interesting, this connection between the mother and the womb, 
right? <laughs> so um, we've got about three minutes left. Wow. In the last three minutes, if there's anything that you would like to offer to our listeners, and, and one thing I'm noticing as we're having this conversation, and I want I want our listeners to hear this too, go back and listen. As Jeline speaks, you can hear her being very intentional, and you can also hear her breathing, breathing. And so, you know, it was you taking that breath yourself that started you on this journey where you said, yeah, I'm going to heal myself and you're not touching me. Right. So how about we end here with how can women access the power of the breath to do some of that essential healing of the mother and the womb? Well, it's really interesting. I asked my mother when I was pregnant, what was my birth like? Wow. She said, I didn't feel a thing. I was asleep. There was a drug that was going around in those years called twilight sleep. Horrendous. Okay. That's in my book. That's like mm. the first chapter mm. of the importance of being present. And she wasn't. So in a way, that lesson was that I wanted to be as present as I could possibly be on all levels in my life. I didn't want to be mean. I didn't want to be selfish. And I was able to, one other thing, while I'm writing about the womb, I'm realizing the womb is the seat of a woman's rage. <laughs> so don't fuck with my womb because I need rage, especially now. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, this is the power. This is where the power is. Beautiful. Well, Jeline, I am so grateful that you stayed alive. I am so grateful that you chose to say no to having your womb and your hysteria and the seat of your rage removed <laughs> at the hands of that doctor. And I am so grateful that you did the work over the last well, it's 19. I got to do math. I can't do math. It's too much math for me to do, but it's probably 40 some odd years, 48, I think. 40 some odd years <laughs> to be here with us today. Thank you so much. And uh, listeners, we love feedback. Please let us know what you thought of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that for you in the show notes and or you can send in questions or guest suggestions to us. Uh, at listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. I do want to say a special shout out to Courtney A. Walsh, who was one of our guests earlier this year and who actually recommended Jeline to be a guest. So thank you, Courtney. I'm going to give you a shout out for that. I want to thank you all for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list 
to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.